Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be a bride and innocent from great transgressions. Let the Side, oh Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, oh my strength, my redeemer. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. So I think hands down, my most favorite book in the Old Testament is Psalms. I and my favorite Bible character in the Old Testament is David. In fact, it's so it's such a it's, I'm such a fan of David that I actually named one of my children David. And um, yeah, later I found out that um, in fact somebody mentioned it once that people children who are named David usually go through a lot of stuff, you know, because David's life was 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 difficult even though he was you know so later i I was like oh wow i I didn't know that so but because he also had a pretty um you know tough time when he was growing up but um i liked i I like david because he was a man after god's heart i you know and i i feel a sort of kinship with him because when when you read david in the you read the life about the life of david you, you see someone who was a good guy you know what i'm saying he his heart was soft, you know, things to do with God. He he was passionate, but, you know, he was, I mean, the David that went against Goliath, you know, he was from, the spirit of greatness was in him. And in spite of that greatness, he never stopped being a man. He never stopped being a, you know, he was human and he was just himself. He never ever developed a godlike complex. That was one thing that David did not do. And that was quite unique for the leaders of that time because a lot of the leaders once they got power it went to their head you know and that's something that we see even in my part of the world there are very few people who actually get power and it doesn't go to their head I mean, and goes to their head in a very very bad way if you listen to the recording yesterday i talked about how i could see similarity between some of the most evil leaders in the bible in, in jesus's time in moses's time and in Daniel's time, Babylonian times, and I could see actually the behave, the way the Bible describes those very wicked leaders. I could see it in our current president, you know, and um, in, and um, yeah. So David was unique because he had all of that power, you know. He was he, he was 
leading in Hebron. There was a time when all the leaders of Israel came together and gave him power willingly. He never turned it that power on the people. But what you find now is a lot of leaders who the people give them the power and then they take that power to oppress the people. So anyway, so that was Psalm 19. That verse was actually Don Moen's song. Um, Don Moen, wonderful, powerful minister of the gospel. Um, if you've been born again for like 20 years, you should know him. <laughs> well, at least 10 years, maybe not 10 years, but um, he has a lot of wonderful songs. Um, you can check him out on YouTube as well. Um, he has a very thriving um, channel on YouTube and he always brings out new videos, recordings, studio recordings and things like that. He doesn't tour as much as he used to, but fine, he does in-house studio recordings which work really well. He started doing that since the pandemic, so he sometimes goes through his old songs. But this one is one of his really, really old songs. There was a time, I think, in the late 90s that he decided to just release this album of songs where he was just taking verses of scripture and turning them into songs. You know, and they were really, really nice. And he he sort of did it like a way to help people to memorize critical verses of the scripture, and they were really good. And there's several like that. So this one I really liked. And it's one. The funny thing is that that album wasn't his most successful for people who, well, I wouldn't say successful. Wasn't his most popular for people who liked many of his other songs. I hardly ever hear people singing those songs. But for people like me, then when integrity music was like the only gospel music really around then in those days we bought everything integrity music recorded so we bought this as well and i really liked it you know there were several other ones there like cast thy burdens upon the lord and he shall sustain you he will never suffer the righteous to be moved as for me i will call upon god and the lord will save me oh evening and morning and afternoon will i pray and cry aloud he shall hear my voice so yeah so there were many songs all of them were and that was cast your burden upon the lord that was another psalm as well so this one is from psalm 19 and that Psalm 19 talks about how, you know, God is, the heavens declare the glory of God, you know, day to day, this, um, you know, sings forth his, okay, let me just read it, I'm not trying to <laughs> say it off head. It starts off by saying, the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah, and the firmament shows his handiwork, day to day, uttered speech, night unto night, showing knowledge, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. The line of the heavens is gone out throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And then he has set his tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the hearts. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honeycomb, than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Do you see that rhyme? Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me, O Lord, from secret faults. Then in our goes verse 13. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, this is why I love David. Because, you know, it is one thing to say, first of all, what I like about David is, you, you never see him asking God, oh, bless me, give me the cattle, make me the, make your son the greatest of all, let my name be sung over the... It's always worship from the heart. And I think that's why he was described as a man after God's heart. Because he just had that, you know, purity of heart. The apostles too were like that. You know, they, they weren't... They weren't given to the things of this world at all. But it's really remarkable that David in those days, even before Christ, he had that. David was messianic in his, you know, he was way above his time in my view. Which is why I now understand why Jesus said, why God said, my throne will not depart from David. And he decided that the Messiah will come from the house of David. Because David actually had New Testament type worship going on in his life. He wasn't serving God because of what he would get. He wasn't serving God because he felt compelled, because he felt God was like very far, was going to punish him. And if he doesn't do these things, he loved God. And he wanted to do the things that are pleasing in his sight. So when somebody says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, that is someone that really, really wants to worship God. Because most of us don't pray this prayer. I mean, when last did you pray that? Let the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Even me, I can't remember when last I prayed it. We were asked to meditate, meditate on this chapter in Bible school this week, which is why I remembered it. And in the purpose, I remember while I was reading it, I didn't remember this song. So he says, let the words of my mouth. He first says, keep me from presumptuous sins. And of course, he knows, we all know what presumptuous sins, those sins that, you know, just come upon you and, you know, you just take advantage and all that. And he says, let, him, let them not have dominion over me. Of course, we know he struggled in the flesh. So this was a real valid prayer for him and I think for many of us. And he says, so that I can be innocent. So in other words, keep me from the things that will keep me from you, you know. And then he, he goes even further. In fact, in that verse 13, he's talking more in the Old Testament mode. But by verse 14, he's moved into New Testament, which is, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation. You know what it means for the meditation of your heart to be acceptable before God? That means God checks the print, the fine print, the small print of the conversations going on in your heart. And they're acceptable. I can't think of anything that is greater. Because, I mean, for... Many of us, myself included, what I'm thinking about hmm, a lot of times is not things that I would want anyone to, to know, not to talk of God. So this is a very deep prayer and he's praying that God should bring him to that place of holiness where not only what he says with his mouth but what he thinks on in his heart, in the deepest recesses of his heart, is acceptable in the sight of the Lord. And he describes the Lord as his strength and his redeemer. David was a, was a, was, was, I, I believe he had actually received, he'd received the spirit of Christ somehow by revelation, somehow, somehow, even though Christ was not yet born. The language, the words, he had a deep revelation. He had, he had a relationship with God. He had. Even when he was, he came up against Goliath and he said, um, who are you, this uncircumcised Philistine, that you are defying the armies of the living God? He framed the context very well. And you know, I'm getting excited now, Holy Spirit. I can feel you, <laughs> you nudging it. 
he framed the context. I know I'm, I, I'm a consultant by profession, a management consultant, and this happens to me a lot where I get called into a situation and everybody has told me that this is the problem. So just like the David Goliath thing, oh, there's this big go- the giant, he wants to kill all of us, he's very big, he's very strong. One of my key strengths that God has given me that makes me very effective in my role is my ability to reframe the question and the context for the people. I say, yes, these are the state of facts, but let me reframe it for you. This is really what is going on, and this is how we must deal with it. And once I'm able to reframe, the reason why those people were not, or my clients were not able to solve that problem is because they were, they, the, 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 the nature of the problem hadn't been correctly framed. So they were trying to solve something that is insolvable. In other words, Goliath, yeah, he's, he's big, he's bigger than everybody, and you want to fight him with physical power, and you think that you have to gather a strong army or a brilliant and a, um, a very strong and valiant fighter to defeat him, and it has to be somebody that is as big as him. You've already, you can't, you can't find another Goliath. So, because you frame, you frame the context and the question in that way, you are already doomed to failure because you are now trying to solve an unsolvable problem. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But David then came with the insight and the power of the Lord. And he reframed the question and said, you come against with me. You come against me with a, with a sword and a spear. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel that you have defied. That com- complete reframing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Complete reframing. That is not me. All these things you are saying, it's not me you are talking to. It's not me you are coming against. It's not Israel. You are defying the Lord. When he said that, ah, the, look, God heard his name. He was like, yes, I have been summoned by my children. I must show up. God is waiting for you and I to summon him. And I'm, this is the Holy Spirit talking to me right now. Because actually, the leader, the Babylonian leader that we are also faced with in Nigeria, He's not defying, it's not us that he's coming against, which is the way I have been framing it. He's actually defying the God of this nation. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is Lord over this nation. That's who he's defying. And I pray that the same way God, the God of the armies of Israel, enabled David to defeat Goliath and bring him to an inglorious end. So shall it be in this our situation in Nigeria. And that, you know, that, 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 that was so amazing. So David, David was so, was an unbelievable man of God, prophet of God, priest of the high king, son of God, whatever you want to call him. He's an amazing man. Amazing, amazing man. And the, I, I don't know if you realize what just happened because this is not, this is, the Holy Spirit just shared something with me. And the reason why I'm going quiet is because I'm just reflecting on that. He actually reframed, you know, I'm just reflect, reflecting on it and realizing that that's really what we need to do in terms of the prayers for what's going on in Nigeria. We need to call God in to defend himself. Really, that's it. That's really what we need to do in Nigeria now. And I will just spend some time, I think, reflecting on this offline and asking God to give me the words as he gave to David. How do we pray? And, you know, and people say that it was, 
it was not the sling and the stone that defeated Goliath. It was the word of God. Because David had already sent forth that word. So all the sling and the stone were were just finishers. That was all. Goliath was slow, was, was slain by the word of God that, that, that came out from David's mouth. Where he accurately and divinely and correctly reframed the context. This is a spiritual battle. And I come in the name. Ha. I can imagine what happened in the heavens when that happened. The angels of the Lord showed up. The armies. He said the God of the armies of Israel. Ha. And this is and, and you know the it is only someone who has covenant with the Lord that can make such a that can make such a reframing, that can make such a you know powerful statement and see things that way. So if you look at that Goliath experience, David and Goliath experience, and you see, you read someone who says, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. You can understand, I can understand the kind of consecrated life that person is leading because there is a willingness for the person to walk in the same light that his father in heaven is. And there is a transactional and materialistic practice of Christianity that I am fundamentally against at this point in time in my life. I think I've been against it for a while, but I think I got sucked into it, you know, in my 30s, 40s. Now that I have been delivered from it, I will never ever. For me, Christianity and Christ is not about how God is going to bless me, how God is going to lift me up from this or give me this and give me that. It's about spiritual blessings. That's all I want right now. That's all I am after. Spiritual blessings in the high places, in heavenly places, sorry. Those things that Ephesians 6 talks about. It says God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That blessing that is in heavenly places, not the one on this earth too, the heavenly places blessing, that's the one I'm after. Things like joy, peace, righteousness, holiness, all those fruits of the spirit thing, that's what I want. Things that cannot be counted in, in, in Naira, in Kobo, in dollars, in pounds, that's what I want. I am not after physical and material blessings right now. Doesn't mean I don't have needs. I will, doesn't mean that if I need things, I will not say, God, help me, this and that. But that is not what I am chasing. My quest now is spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what I want. That's what I want. You give me a basket now of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and a basket of all physical blessings in earthly places in the world. I will take the spiritual blessings without blinking. I will jump into it. I will swim into it. Why? Because the blessings of the Lord, they make rich and they do not add any sorrow. And even that richness I'm talking about is not physical richness, it's spiritual richness. That's what I'm looking for. Because I've tried the two and I've seen that one gives only temporary satisfaction. It does not, it does not shield me from pain, nor for sorrow, nor from grief. But the other one protects me spirit, soul and body. Now even more concerned about the protection of the spirit and the soul than the protection of my body and my life on this earth. Because I went through a period for two years when everything was okay in my life. 
but my spirit, my soul was completely was in pain almost completely destroyed and everything that I had around me did not matter everything that I possessed was like dung before me I would have traded it to get my soul and my spirit self back So, I now understand why Jesus said, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I understand why he said so. So, I'll leave it at that. And um, we never bring anything to a close of musings with Jesus because it's an ongoing journey. It's just about reflecting on what the Bible says and what it means to us in this world and what is God telling us, what are we learning. It's an opportunity for us to stop from our daily grind and just begin to think about things from God's point of view and see how he will help make meaning, you know, help it make meaning for us in our own lives. We never bring anything to a close on this podcast because life is still ongoing. But we believe that as we allow the word of God to speak to us in our unique situations in my own unique situation in your unique situation in our unique situation that something spiritual is going to happen something i don't want to use the word magical but something great unique and dynamic will happen in our space and the name of the lord will be glorified and we will feel that sense of fulfillment reward blessing uplifting grace mercy kindness love something that will make us feel full, reached, touched, seen, heard in a way that has never happened before. So thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.